Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades on five continents, culminated his ministry with a 21-year, book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called a life study. This life study is the basis of our program today, which includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's life study. The Bible contains many symbols and types. We regard these symbols and types as pictures or photographs. The reason for the photographs in the Bible is that the Bible unveils many heavenly, spiritual things, and the photographs help us understand these invisible and mysterious things. Mm. Today's life study from Psalms 45 is a glorious picture that you will want to stay with us for. It's very special today. This is Matt Miller with Dennis Agashi. Dennis, welcome back to the radio program. You've been gone for a while. We're really glad you could be back. Yes, so so am I, Matt. Thank you. Dennis, in our last program, we covered the first eight verses Mm -hmm. of Psalm 45. Mm -hmm. And today we will cover the second half of Psalm 45, which is verses 9 through 17. The first half in our last program was on praising the king, Mm -hmm. focused on Christ. Mm -hmm. Today we're going to cover the queen or the church. Wow. Dennis, The Apostle Paul referred to Christ and the church in Ephesians 5 as the great mystery. Mm -hmm. We really have a mysterious program today, but one that's very worthwhile for our listeners. Could you give us a brief introduction? Sure, Matt. The word that you mentioned in your opening phrase was the matter of photographs, uh, photographs in the Bible unveiling something. And I think this portion here in Psalms 45, we can see in a brief way that it speaks about Solomon. And Solomon here in this instance is a photograph of Christ. But what is even more mysterious here is that the queen is a photograph of the church as his bride. This is marvelous. This is why I'm also looking forward to getting into this radio program. Okay, Dennis, let's get into the life study because we're going to have a lot to say about it once we get into it. Right. But let me give a little introduction to our first section with Witness Lee because he's going to start out talking about the complication of understanding all the different women with the queen in Psalm 45 mm-hmm. and the need for our mind to be enlightened and renewed. Mm-hmm. The queen there is not alone, but she's accompanied by the daughters and the virgins in verse 9 and her friends in verse 14. Right. Here's Witness Lee from his original speaking on September 9th, 1992. And may the Lord enlighten and renew our minds as we listen today. Amen. Tonight, you all know, we'll be on Psalm 45, the second part. The Bible is a very, very particular, wonderful, special, and strange book. It is a strange book. No human mind can understand this book by all kinds of natural understandings. The more natural you are, your understanding, the more true you are with the Bible. You couldn't understand it that way. Then you may argue with me, Brother Lee, when you understand the Bible, don't you exercise your mind? Yes. Strongly I say yes. But our mind must be either 
you say renewed, or you say enlightened. Keep in good memory. Whenever you come to the Bible, you must say, "Lord, renew, renew my understanding and enlighten, enlighten me." Otherwise, when you come to Psalm forty-five, you got trouble. You would say, "What the Bible? How could a man have so many women around him? You got a trouble." This is why we need the types, we need the symbols. You need certain type, a wonderful, strange type, with a man who had over thousand wives. It's terrible, but don't forget this. This is in typology. No one should do this, but in typology there is a need, and God created Solomon. And God appointed Solomon to be the king above the kings, and God even created all the women in all the nations, some from Egypt. You know, one of Solomon's wife is the daughter of the king of Egypt. God created all the nations, all the kings, and created the daughters. Eventually, so many just married Solomon in order that God could have. A type in the Bible to show how we, the believers, should be as a church to Christ.、Amen. So we need a renewed mind. We need an enlightened mind with spiritual understanding. Dennis, I think this is a very important opening to the、mm. program today,、mm. particularly. That we need our mind to be enlightened and renewed, to be able to understand the spiritual situation mm-hmm, with mm-hmm. all the women in Psalm 45. Yet, with the right perspective, we see it's a wonderful picture of the church, which Revelation 5:9 says was purchased、mm. out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation. Matt, I'm glad that you brought out this verse in Revelation 5:9, in that the church, in its composition. Is a picture of many believers from all the different tribes, tongues, peoples, and nations, and this is depicted here or typified in Psalm 45. All the women around Solomon there just typify all the believers as the constituents of the church, and I'm just. Somewhat tickled that the Lord is not just for one particular race; He gains the people as His church from all the different tribes and all the different nations. This is marvelous. You know, Dennis,、uh, when you read the story of Solomon, the fact that he had hundreds of wives—yes—it's terrible.、Mm-hmm. Some people would say, "Well, what's wrong with having more than one wife?" Solomon, a picture of Christ, he had hundreds of wives. Right. Yet it's terrible.、Mm-hmm. That's a terrible thing.、Mm-hmm. It's an immoral thing, and、mm-hmm. so that's why we say you have to have the right perspective. Exactly. If you look at this picture in Psalm 45 of the king with multiple women, you have trouble. Like as、right. Witness Lee just right. said, right. we can't be in that realm, can、right. we? No, we can't. In fact, as Brother Lee was speaking, Matt, it just reminded me of a verse in Ephesians 1:17, where Paul prayed that as the church, we have to ask the Lord for a spirit of wisdom and revelation. 
Every time we come to the Word, we must come with an, a spirit of prayer, asking the Lord, Lord, enlighten me that I could see the true meaning of the Word. Give me a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Surely, to see the real significance in Psalm 45, we need a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Yeah, I think there's people who've been reading Psalm 45 for hundreds of years. Right. But they never saw this picture of the church. And actually, as we go on in our next two sections with Witness Lee as we continue, we're going to see that this is one of the highest revelations in the entire Bible revealed in Psalm 45. Witness Lee even referred to this as the highest psalm. Wow. I'm looking forward to it. Okay. Let's go on to see in uh, these verses... First of all, Dennis, we're going to see in verses 13 and 14, let me read them, there's, that there's two layers mm. of the queen's garments. Mm. 13 and 14 say, The king's daughter is all glorious within the royal abode. Mm. Her garment is a woven work inwrought with gold. She will be led to the king in embroidered clothing. Mm. The first garment outwardly is inwrought with gold. And the second garment is embroidered clothing, Mm -hmm. a very beautiful picture Mm -hmm. of the bride of Christ revealed in Revelation 19. Here's Witness Lee. Her garment is a woven work enrolled with gold, signifying that Christ, who has been dealt with through death and resurrection, the righteousness of the church, to meet the righteous requirement of God for her to be justified before God. This is the first layer of our worrying, that is Christ, to be our righteousness by whom we can be justified by God. She will be led to the king in an embroidered clothing, another garment. This is a second layer of her wearing, signifying that the church will be led to Christ when at the coming wedding. The church, the overcomers, will be led to Christ clothed with the righteousness of the saints. And this is the term used in Revelation, the righteousness of the saints. And this is the righteousness which is Christ himself living out of us to be our subjective righteousness. At our salvation, we have received him as our objective righteousness. And that righteousness is good for us to be justified by God. Now, when we will go, we will be led to his wedding. We will be in our subjective righteousness, which is Christ, lived out of us. Dennis, I'm going to read the verse that Witness Lee just referred to Mm -hmm. from Revelation, and then I'm going to let you comment. Mm -hmm. It's quite a lot here. Revelation 19, 7 and 8 says, Let us rejoice and exult, and let us give the glory to him, for the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his wife has made herself ready. And it was given to her that she should be clothed in fine linen, bright and clean. For the fine linen is the righteousnesses of the saints. 
quite a lot here, Dennis. Why don't I turn over the mic to you? Matt, to take your word at the beginning of the program, a mysterious and even heavenly concept and thought, that there are two garments that the queen, which represents or typifies the church here in Psalm 45, need. And I believe all genuine Christians are familiar with the first garment, which is the garment... uh, In fact, Matt, there is a portion in the life study of Message 21 that Brother Lee explains, and I think I'd just like to read a short portion of this, if I could, that explains it in a good, succinct way. Uh, It says this, The righteousness, which is Christ, that we receive for our salvation is objective and enables us to meet the requirement of the righteous God. Whereas the righteousness of the overcoming believers are subjective and enable them to meet the requirement of the overcoming Christ. So we can see here, Matt, a picture of the two garments. The first garment uh, is based upon the death of Christ, the redemption of Christ, to justify us. And we are saved from God's wrath, from God's condemnation, from God's judgment. And through our believing in the death of Christ, God's righteous requirements are satisfied. All real believers, once they believe in the Lord, receive this garment to be justified before God. And this is, I would say, the procedure or the initiation of God's salvation. However, Psalm 45 also mentions a second garment. The first garment is of gold. The second garment is embroidered. Right. And both garments are needed. And Brother Lee referred to this as our subjective righteousness, which is Christ lived out of us. And this subjective righteousness is based upon the life of Christ, the resurrected Christ. And it not only saves us from God's wrath outwardly met, but it also saves us from the indwelling sin, so many things within. Whereas the objective righteousness satisfies God's righteous requirements, subjective righteousness satisfies God's heart's desire. Whereas the first aspect, uh, the objective righteousness, is the procedure, the second garment, as seen in Psalm 45, is really the purpose or the completion of God's salvation. So this thought about two garments in Psalm 45 is really marvelous, and it really applies to us, and we can see actually examples of it in the New Testament. You know, one example, Dennis, uh, is in Luke chapter 15, when the prodigal son came back, the, yes. the father said, clothe him with the best garment. Yes. Okay, Yes. that was a garment of righteousness. Right. That was the first garment we're talking about. Right. But then that wasn't enough. He That's also correct. said, kill the fatted calf and feed him. So there were two aspects, the clothing of the best garment and then yes. the eating yes. of the fattened calf. Another example of the objective righteousness is in 1 Corinthians one thirty, where it says, yes. of God, we are in Christ. Yes. We're in Christ. Right. He's our righteousness. Right. We're hidden in him. Right. But another example of the subjective righteousness is Philippians 3, nine, right. where the Apostle Paul said he counted all things loss on account of Christ in yes. verse 8 of chapter 3. And then he says that I could be found in him yes. not having my own righteousness, but mm-hmm. that which is out from God. Yes, That's a righteousness where Christ is actually living through us. Yes, right. 
And every time that happens, there's an embroidery that takes place. The spirit is embroidering something. It takes a a lot longer time. It's really two different aspects to God's full salvation, isn't there? It really is, Matt. As you were speaking, it reminded me of another verse in Romans 5.10, where it starts off, For if we, being enemies, were reconciled to God through the death of his Son. And this is the first garment that the queen receives. But then it goes on, much more, much more. We will be saved in his life, having been reconciled. This is the subjective righteousness. This is the transforming work of the Spirit, embroidering us with more of Christ, making another garment for us, which is uh, the subjective righteousness lived out of us. One more uh, verse before we go on to our concluding section is in Matthew chapter 22. And I, yes. I, don't, I don't feel like we can neglect that one because it speaks so clearly of this second garment. Mm-hmm. Luke 15 talked about the first garment yes. put on the best robe. Well, now in Matthew 22, it talks about one who was called to the wedding feast, but he didn't have a garment. That's correct. And the footnote's very clear in the recovery version. It actually talks about this second garment is referred to in Psalm 45. Yes, very clear. So we need to have this embroidered work daily of the Spirit, working Christ as righteousness into our life. Matt, as a follow-up comment of Matthew 22, it actually says that this person did not have a wedding garment. It uses that word specifically. And I know some may think that, well, maybe that's just a false believer or an unbeliever, but that's not logical because that person was invited to the wedding feast. Only believers are invited to the wedding feast of Christ. They had, that particular person did have the first garment because they were invited, but they lacked the second garment, which is the wedding garment, which is, in Psalm 45, the embroidered something stitch, a living out of Christ subjectively. So that believer lacked this particular garment, and we don't want to lack that today, do we, man? We don't, Dennis, and and we're going to have to go on because of time, but I'd like to refer our listeners to a book Watchman Nee wrote called The Glorious Church, and in chapter 5, he talks about this matter of Psalm 45 Mm. and the two garments. It's available on the Living Stream website. You can read it online. There's much more on it. We can't get into everything. We're not saying that a believer can lose his salvation. That's not what we're saying. We're just saying that he's not in the wedding feast. That's right. You really have to get into this more. We can't do it now. Right. But let's go on to the conclusion and see the bride of Christ represented by the queen in Psalm 45. Also, there's another picture there Mm. where she's referred to as the royal abode. Mm. Okay, in verse 13. And in verse 15... The palace. Mm. Okay, so Psalm forty-five, fifteen says, They will be led with rejoicing and exultation. They will enter the king's palace. Okay, let's go to Witness Lee, and we'll come back for a glorious conclusion to today's program. You could see how many crucial points concerning Christ and concerning the church in this psalm. You have the abode. You have the palace. And the abode is Christ. Become your abode. When he becomes your abode, you become his abode. And eventually this abode is a palace because he is the king and you are the queen. The house, the abode of the king of the queen surely is the palace. And what is the palace? The new Jerusalem. 
And what the New Jerusalem embrace, the New Jerusalem is just the redeeming God route into the believers and mingled with them to be one entity. And this one entity is the New Jerusalem. Just like today, what is the church? The church is just redeeming God route into the believers to be one entity. And this entity is called the church. This is the miniature of the upcoming New Jerusalem. And the upcoming New Jerusalem will be the consummation of the church. Suppose the church and New Jerusalem are just God himself. Route into us, mingle himself with us to be one entity in the whole universe. And that is the New Jerusalem. And that will be our dwelling place. And we will be his dwelling place. It's a kind of mutual abode. And this mutual abode will be the universal palace for God to spend his eternity with his redeemed. Well, how, Dennis, a universal palace for God to spend eternity with his redeemed. Your final thoughts about this eternal picture, the palace, the new Jerusalem. I'm just amazed, Matt, that we can see so many things in Psalm 45, a short psalm, yet you have the two garments, you have the king, you have the queen, you have the abode, and now you have the palace. It's very interesting that the word uses abode, and it refers us back, I think, obviously, to many believers, to John 15, where it says, Abide in me, and I in you. When Christ becomes our dwelling place, we become his dwelling place. As we abide in him, he abides in us. And you can see that one of the real intrinsic significances of the church is that we as believers, what do we do today? We are abiding in Christ. And what is Christ doing? He is abiding in us. And this is God's eternal thought, and this is God's eternal intention from the very beginning, and you can see the consummation here. Matt, I was just impressed as Brother Lee was speaking that today Christ is the king, and we as the church aggregately are the queen. So the king lives in the queen, and the queen lives in the king. And the description of this kind of living is not only abode, but palace. When you think about the word palace, you think something lovely, something beautiful, something that you want to be there all the time. And this is a somewhat of a description and a definition of our mutual abiding in Christ. We don't want to leave this abiding. We always want to abide in him, and we always want him to abide in us. And then Brother Lee brings out, this is really a picture today of the New Jerusalem. In the church, in our present age, our experience today is we dwelling in Christ and Christ dwelling in us in an intimate and in a very affectionate way. The New Jerusalem in the eternal age, it's not any different from today, Matt. This will be the ultimate and consummate mutual enjoyment. We will dwell in God for eternity, and he will dwell in us for eternity. All we can say is hallelujah and wow. This is just marvelous. And we can see the picture here in Psalm 45. Psalm 45 is like a little thumbnail of the entire Bible in God's divine thought. Reminds me of a verse in Hebrews 6 which says we can have a foretaste of the age to come. Yes. Through this mutual abiding today. Yes. 
Dennis, we've run out of time, but thanks for coming in and being with me for this uh, high, rich, and special program today. Thank you for inviting me, man. And we hope you've uh, also enjoyed it as much as we have, and we'd encourage you to get the materials to go along with it. You can call us at 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 1-888-543-3788. Or you can write to Living Stream Ministry, P.O. Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. Or you can send an email to radio at lsm.org. On behalf of Dennis Agashi, this is Matt Miller. Thanks for listening today. Millions of Christians have been strengthened in their faith through the ministry of Watchman Nee. In a recent release by Living Stream Ministry entitled The Overcoming Life, Watchman Nee sounds a call to the believers to pursue the normal Christian life that is hidden with God in Christ. The Overcoming Life is filled with truth, reverberates with hope, and brings the reader to renewed consecration. The Overcoming Life by Watchman Nee from Living Stream Ministry is available at Christian bookstores everywhere. Or you can order by calling 1-888-543-3788. That's 1-888-543-3788. To receive a free catalog of Living Stream Ministry publications, call today, toll free, 1-888-543-3788.